Where I'd like to start, uh, Tarek, is just talk a little bit about uh, your your family story. And let's go back in time to that successful chocolate business that your father had. And let's reflect on that before the war in Syria. And just tell us about your dad's passion and, and how that helped build that business. So my dad is a very passionate entrepreneur because he wanted to create change. And he believed that entrepreneurship is the path not to make wealth, but to create an impact and to create change in the community. And that was 1986 when he just shifted his focus from being a civil engineer to becoming an entrepreneur out of nowhere. You know, in Damascus, it was a lot harder to start a business, especially around that time. And he just wanted to create something different, a different path for the family, especially because of the generational, you know, uh, a tradition and conventional path that everyone in the family followed, you know, whether they are doctors or they're engineers or they're lawyers. And he just didn't want to become that employee, the nine to five. He just wanted to do something different. And that's why he chose to start his own business. That was uh, after a very heated conversation with my grandmother. So it was not an easy uh, path for him, you know, to, to be an entrepreneur. But he also kept telling us as we were growing up that entrepreneurship is like jumping off cliffs and building a plane on the way down. He really believed that entrepreneurship is a lot about risk taking, it's a lot about being courageous, it's a lot about having the guts to do things that others really don't want to do. Uh, so as a uh, as a person who was growing up in a in a very uh, cohesive community in a in a very stable family, you just believe that entrepreneurship as well can be a legacy, an ambassadorship that carries on the values that my family had, uh, and and he was so right about it. You know, we we were really lucky that our family was all behind my father's uh, passion towards using his entrepreneurship uh, and entrepreneurial spirit and and skills towards creating that change. And at the same time, you know, it was about growing something from scratch because he believed that chocolate makes happiness. Mm-hmm. He just really knew that everyone needs chocolate will be happy. No one needs chocolate will ever be sad. <laughs> and look at you, you're just smiling and you're yeah. not even eating chocolate. Exactly. So just like hearing about it, I think it just lifts the spirits for, for everyone. So uh, that was really the main reason why he wanted to be in, in that business. But at the same time, I think he used business as a way to connect with uh, with everyone in the community. Um, many people in Syria were, were you know, were, were just asking him, "Why are you and why are you a business owner?" And I remember, as uh, as I was growing up, uh, and with the love of medicine, you know, I got into medical school. But then, before then, I was just trying to understand how my father's mentality was working, how my mother was helping him, uh, you know, secure funds for unfortunate kids with thalassemia and cancer, and how they use the business. Uh, to to grow the social awareness, you know, to have that corporate, social corporate responsibility towards the community before anyone else was talking about it, before any shareholders or CEOs, not in Syria, not around the world, were really uh, talking about the impact of social entrepreneurship. Uh, you you don't have to be a social entrepreneur to care about your community. You can still run a business with your care about your profit at the year end but you can still think about the impact that your community made in your enterprise since the beginning. Because without your community, there would be no road to ship your goods on. Without your community, there would be no employees educated and trained to work in your factories. Without your community, there would be no one to attend your grand openings or be no one to buy your product off the shelves or be no one really excited about the new things that you're gonna launch. So I think it starts with community, it ends with community, and that's what my father always believed that business is, and that's what we believe here is all about too. So speaking of uh, having guts and starting from scratch, the the family lost everything uh, in Syria. Uh, The factory was bombed, it was destroyed in Damascus, you fled to Lebanon, ultimately, 
landing as a refugee uh, in Nova Scotia. Take us through that moment where you, your father, the family decided we're going to start making chocolate in our kitchen and we're, we're just going to farmer's markets. We, we lost everything to your point, you know, in Syria. After the fact, we hired almost 450 employees. It was bombed by an airstrike. But that did not let us down. That just gave us another chance and another reason to be hopeful and optimistic again that we can rebuild. Uh, you know, with the, with the fortitude of resiliency that's inside each one of us, we were able to come to Canada. We were able to be optimistic and hopeful that a country will open the doors for us. Uh, and Canada was the only country that opened that door when many other nations around the world were just shutting down their borders in the face of refugees because they were afraid refugees uh, is is uh, is not a good term, you know, in, in uh, global politics. And it was not, it's not now, and I don't think really there is a resolution soon. But I really believe that Canada understood that refugees are human beings who just were born in the right place but at the wrong time. Now, when we arrived in Canada... I remember that Nova Scotia was not even on our, you know, on our map. We didn't even know where Nova Scotia was. And then we would, uh, we would land. I would land first. My family would follow me. And then we started that business uh, a few weeks after landing here at uh, a local farmer's market. And it was the whole idea started in the home kitchen, the same way my father had it with my grandmother uh, 30 years before then. And we just felt that history was repeating itself. But at the same time, you know, that um, in Anaganesh, there was a bigger chance for us to succeed because we were living in, a, in an age where the world has opened up to each other, that, that, that Canada is a cultural mosaic in which all of our diverse backgrounds melts, you know, together to create a beautiful picture of a country that we all are proud to call home. That's why with our business was very successful in the beginning. Although we were in a small community of 5,000 people, that did not deter anyone in the community to show up at the farmer's market at 8.30 a.m. when we were there for the first day. And they were, we were sold out in literally 15 minutes. And I will never forget that day. That gave us a huge push forward to believe that uh, dreams do not have limits. You can certainly build up an empire out of your home kitchen here in Canada like we did back home in Syria. Now, speaking of getting a big push, it, it always helps when the leader of a nation happens to mention your business and the, the social and philanthropy work that you're doing. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau highlighting your business piece by chocolate in his speech uh, to the United Nations. When you first learned about that, what went through your mind when you thought, did we just hear that right? <laughs> uh, that was unbelievable. I still remember that moment to, to, uh, until today. Uh, we were at the dinner table, my entire family. We were having uh, such a lovely gathering, and then we were watching the news. And I used to translate the news to my parents, who were not speaking uh, much of, uh, of the language at the time. And then I remember just watching the Prime Minister at the United Nations speaking to President Obama and Angela Merkel and the leaders of the G20. And everyone was sitting there and listening to the Prime Minister talking about our story. And uh, it was honestly the biggest moment of my life that I will never forget. Uh, you know, the, the honor that we had, you know, that our story was shared in, uh, in front of the leaders of the world. It was not only uh, a celebration of what Canada was able to accomplish by bringing refugees here, but it was also a testament to testament to how kindness begets kindness. And when we came here we needed a hand. Canada gave us Canada lent us that hand. And then we were just very proud and very honored to lend that hand to other Canadians who were hurting after the wildfires in Fort McMurray. That's when everything started. That's when our uh, philanthropical uh, you know thoughts started. That's when our uh, mindset of giving back and contributing uh, it all happened because we just thought to ourselves that we have enough. 
that we have a roof above our head, we have enough food at the table, we have enough money in our bank account. There are other Canadians on the other side of the country that they need this money more than us. And that's how you run a business. It just, but you, when you run it selflessly, I think magic happens. And that magic actually did not start by the speech of the prime minister, but it was just highlighted so much in front of world leaders. So that was only the beginning, actually, of many mind-blowing and unbelievable events that happened in our story. I, I just can't believe, actually, that this was uh, like seven years ago, because every year there's like a big event that happened almost in our, our life and, and our journey. Yeah, from, uh, like you mentioned, uh, the decision of, of you and the family to make those donations to families who also lost everything in those Fort McMurray wildfires, that really has uh, turned into the Peace on Earth Society and the work that you're doing now, projects around the world. More than half a million dollars you have given back. What does that mean to you and your family coming from what you have? With that overarching theme that being philanthropic and giving back has always been a part of who you are. You know, we run the company based on values, and these values are about passion, enthusiasm, advocacy, contribution, and excellence. And when you break it down piece by piece, you really know that you are, uh, you are, a, uh, not, you are not a politician, you are a business owner, but you are a, a public servant too. Even entrepreneurs are public servants. We, we are uh, leaders, and you don't become an entrepreneur if you're not a leader. And I think that businesses are a platform of leadership. So whenever it comes to my mind that you know, we were able to, to do all that work, it just, I also think about how grateful we should be to those who believed in what we believe in, those who just didn't, uh, didn't think of us as a chocolate company, but they really thought of us as a cause. That's why our company is called Peace by Chocolate. It starts with peace. It doesn't start with chocolate. Peace is the most noble value on earth that everyone should fight for, and chocolate is our product of happiness. So I am a, I'm a big believer that, you know, in, in business there are uh, two ways, whether you are a selfless, whether you are a selfish entrepreneur. And we just happen to choose, you know, that the selfless part because I believe it's a lot more rewarding when you really feel that you are contributing to causes right now, the Peace on Earth Society. And since 2016, we have, we have fundraised to many causes. That f- over the $500,000, that was direct contributions, but we also did many partnerships, uh, product-based donation to uh, Canadian Mental Health Association, to Refugee Hub in Ottawa, to Indigenous communities, uh, starting with Bucknikek near uh, Anaganesh in Nova Scotia, and with the many other organizations like the Trans Canada Trail to support the trails after a severe uh, weather incidents, after uh, climate change incidents, to maintain these trails for Canadians to use them for connection and for spreading love and to really celebrate their peace. And that was very uh, valuable during the pandemic more than any time else. We have partnership with Phoenix Youth Programs to, to, to help uh, homeless youth in the city of Halifax. Uh, we have uh, uh, partnership with the uh, Institute for, uh, for Economics and Peace to create uh, you know, almost 100 peace ambassadors. We did a workshop in Colombia where we brought two communities together. Colombia just uh, you know, uh, celebrated the end of the war in 2016, so only recently. Um, and one of my favorite partnerships actually happened with the uh, Dallaire Institute for uh, Children, Peace and Security because we, we fund these initiatives to make sure that there is no children around the world that they are being recruited in, in war zones. And we are seeing that wars is, is, a, uh, is a hot commodity that everyone really is. It's almost there's a new war starting every couple of months and it's endless. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to do our part. And our part probably is not always enough. So we try to inspire others. Hopefully they will 
get to know the ugliness, I think, of, of living in a war, and they will know the impact of a small business. You don't have to be a giant corporation, uh, a multi-billion dollar corporation to create an impact. I think it's not about the dollar value. It's about the, the record that you set for, for yourself, for your family, for your employees, for your customers. Because at the end of the day, impact is measured by how many lives you're changing. And when you understand business as the art of leading people, because your customers are people. Your staff are people. Your ownerships are people. Your senior management are people. Everyone in that cycle is people. So you have to understand the art of dealing with people before you really understand anything else to become successful in business. And I think that's where the whole idea of becoming a people business in, in 2016 since we started it in the Peace Owner Society as a social wing of Peace by Chocolate as a whole. Now, uh, having a business-altering opportunity like having your business mentioned in front of world leaders on an international stage, that doesn't happen every day. Maybe not to, maybe not to that scale for most business owners. But with that said, pretty much every business owner at some point is going to face a business-altering decision. Taking what you've learned from what happened with you and Peace by Chocolate and your family, what is your advice to the crowd tonight when their businesses may be faced with that opportunity or that decision which could veer them left or veer them right? I uh, always think for entrepreneurs um, in, in the way that they, they should not be only targeting success. They should be uh, seeking significance. And I think once they are in that mentality, any opportunity that, that might arise, they will be ready for it. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, building up to success, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, our business started in 1986 in Syria. We did not start the business only here in Canada. We, had, we did not come here empty. We brought here our skills and our talents. And no one arrives here empty. Even any entrepreneur wouldn't start from an empty place, even though some of them would say, well, they don't have any capital or they, they need to raise a lot of money. You know, they, they worry about their finances. But the whole idea is there. Their capability of making it a success is there. It's just all about overcoming their fears. And then after traveling so much around the country, I started realizing that people fail for almost the same reasons. People fail because they assume their problems are unique. People fail because they resist the change, they fear the future, or they dwell on mistakes. That's the main reason why almost every entrepreneur fail. A lot of the entrepreneurs that I talk to, that they think that they are failing, they think and they assume that their problems are unique, but they do not really know millions of other entrepreneurs are going through exactly the same thing, exactly the same thing. Supply chain issues, labor shortage, you know, uh, inflation, shrinkflation, whatever you want to call it, there are no shortage of issues and topics to set you down. But I really believe that every entrepreneur today uh, here in Winkler or anywhere around the country, uh, there is a massive opportunity for, for success. And I think that uh, uh, failures are not setbacks. Actually, they are an opportunity for growth once you know how to master the art of failing so you can master the art of succeeding. And we'll wrap up with this. Obviously, with success uh, comes growth for a business. Typically, with growth in a business comes more revenue. And sometimes money does funny things to people, right? So with an increase in revenue, with the growth that Peace by Chocolate has seen, 
how have you remained committed and focused on that philanthropic work and, and not necessarily start getting tugged in other ways because there's more dollars and cents going into the bank account? It goes back again to core values. Every business has to have core values that they are unchangeable, that they just they weather all the storms, that they don't change by the time because it's very easy to forget your roots. It's very easy to forget where you came from. I, I have a quote printed above my bed. I actually, I just got married in May. So when I moved into my new house with my wife, we have that, that quote above my, my bed that says, you have to know where you came from to know where you're going. And I always know where I come from because it just keeps me a little bit focused and it keeps me a little bit more, more humble, I think, no matter how much success we have. And, you know, with all the challenges that happened just recently, uh, you know, here in Canada, around the world, you know, the pandemic was only one crisis, but we had to survive a lot of issues that, that followed that. But in entrepreneurship, you know, I just believe that no matter how much money you make, uh, you, you, you are still... Uh, you, you are still there for the reason you, that you have to think about and you have to be committed to your why. Why did you start that business in the first place? If you are in it just for the dollar sign, you, I think you're going to fail it. After a few years, you'll be tired of it. What are you going to do with all of that, right? And I think I believe in, in, uh, in the best way to, to just think about, uh, about this is like in, when you are starting a company, your goal should not be making money because... You do not buy a car to fill gas. And the same idea and the same methodology applies to corporations and applies to businesses because you do not start the company to make money. Money is the fuel to the car, right? Money is the fuel to the company. And I think that your destination should absolutely transcend beyond these dollar signs, beyond your income statement, beyond your balance sheets, because, again, the success in entrepreneurship is all about how many lives you are changing. And no matter how much wealth you are accumulating as human beings, we cannot. We do not need more than three pillows to sleep on. We do not need more than one car to be on at the same time. You know, we do not need much to live. You cannot wear more than three pair of pants at a time. There is not much that we need, you know, to to be, to, to live as human beings. So, I, I come from a family that really believes uh, that that helping others, helping those that they are, they were, uh, and for you know that they are more more unfortunate, uh, is is a lot more rewarding than just uh, looking up at the, at the dollar signs, looking up at everything with dollar signs, because uh, whether you, you want it or not, I think all of that, all the glorification of money is going to fade away one day. So I think if you start from the right place, if you start about caring about, uh, about people, I think you are in the right place. And I really encourage everyone to learn a little bit about uh, many of the success stories of small businesses. Keep your Keep yourself engaged with small businesses. No matter how you, how much your business grow, you're always you were once a small business, and I think that's where it's all started, and that's where it's all going to end.